3: the road has been written about for centuries. On the road again, the road, two roads diverged in a yellow wood. The road isn't just leisure travel, but something to do with work that takes you places. Much like my dating life, it's fun, dirty, and a little dangerous. <laughs> so join us as we talk about the road on today's episode of The Brighter Side.
4: Yeah, baby. Yeah, the road, part
3: Part two. And the road is different than being like, I'm just going to go to Florida and then do a show and come back. It's like, I'm going to Florida. I got Tampa. I got Tallahassee. I got like five or six spots. Yeah. And then I'm going over to Mississippi and then I'm coming back.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's a long process. You know, these aren't just weekend gigs and stuff like that. And it takes a lot out of you. Uh, and uh, we're a little bit later. We're going to talk to our buddy uh, Danny Bedrosian from Parliament Funkadelic. The last time we did this episode, Danny talked to us. And yeah, this is, but that was like almost a decade ago. And we have more experience. Point. That's right. That's right. And um, I you know I I personally you know I'm I'm real hit and miss on the road. I'd say like. I love it, but also it just fucking wears you down sometimes.
3: Yes. I did The Road. The Road is only meant to be done when you have money or you're going with somebody that's very famous. Mm -hmm. Because doing The Road, poor and unknown, I'm sleeping in people's basements. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I remember sharing a hotel room with like a bunch of different dudes. Like, how scary is that? Because yeah. I couldn't afford to get my own hotel room.
4: No, of course. You gotta put yourself in all kinds of crazy stuff. All kind situations. of crazy
3: stuff. Yeah. You know,
4: usually like you're staying at the booker's house, you yeah. know, like one of the guys from the for that you know, like they'll send like a bus boy to pick you up from the from the train station. You don't know
3: who these people are. Yeah. That's why a lot of women aren't in stand up comedy. It's not like we're not funny. It's because those first few years, no one knows you're you're not making any money. Do you wanna go sleep in a room full of men?
4: No, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a, cause it's a loner's, uh, very lonely occupation. Yeah. You know, and so I get that completely, you know, and it's, but at the same time, Going from town to town, you know, meeting new people all the time. It's fun. You get to see places. I love it. Cool little stores. You know, you. I love a good coffee shop. God,
3: I still remember this place where they said they make their own maple syrup and like smoke was billowing out of this log cabin. And I was just like, oh, so beautiful.
4: I love that kind of stuff. You know, one thing I like doing when I'm on the road is if I'm in a city for more than one day, I like going to the same restaurant more than once. okay. And like, or I go to the same, like I'll, I'll revisit the same joints more than once rather than like trying to see everything. I find a place I like and then just do it a bunch. I love that. Yeah. And then you get more familiar with it and you get excited about coming back. I feel like.
3: Yeah. And to just like experience the world a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's nice. I mean, honestly, a lot of times you're like in the airport or in a car. That's why those, I I do like going to those coffee shops, but my big goal for hopefully in a year is to do a character show and then take that on the road. Yeah. And it's just me with my, like, bag of props or something. And I want to go to, like, Europe and Australia. And this is a way – the road is a way for me to go experience these places.
4: Exactly. you Let it pay for it. Yeah. You know? like, and, then, you know, the same thing. You don't have to be an entertainer to understand the road. You know, lots of people like my – you know, like my father was always on the road. He was doing business. You know, lots of salesmen live on the road. And it's it's difficult. And I think uh, – Maybe uh, in a little bit we'll get into some tips on how to stay healthy, uh, ways to to deal with like just random shit like uh, your bags and all that and all that. But uh, first, I got I, I wrote a couple jokes. Oh,
3: tell us, Ed. Yeah,
4: you know, yeah, well, why not? You know? Eating healthy on the road is really hard to do unless you're willing to go on that full squirrel diet. But you know, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had to fly Frontier Airlines recently, and honestly, it felt like I was on the Oregon Trail of the sky. Uh, <laughs> the ticket cost was two buffalo pelts, and halfway through the flight, my sister got cholera. <laughs> uh, you ever been to a Bucky's? Those new no. those new spots, yeah they're they're all over. They're very popular. People love them. They're like travel centers, but they're like you know they people love them. They're a lot like a. Walmart, except they sell uh, hot burritos, and uh, people can have sex in the bathroom.
3: <laughs> I mean, you can have sex in a Walmart bathroom, nothing's happening.
4: No, it really isn't. They, it's almost yeah. They even they're starting to do abortions at most of them. <laughs> That's
3: right. God, those jokes take me back. I was doing the road, and I was you know very young with these two guys that. I don't know how to say this politely, but I think I'm funnier than them, Mm -hmm. right? And so one of them was driving and we get pulled over for going really fast or whatever. And the cop says, what are you doing in town? And he says, we're comedians. And he said, oh yeah? Tell me a joke. And this is the joke that this bullshit artist, (laughs) what he said to the cop, he goes, so a man and a woman, they were in their house doing meth and they were just doing meth all day, all night and just fucking and doing meth. And then they got in a fight, and they ran outside, and they died in the snow. So lesson learned, meth is a summer activity.
4: And the co- you know, tell what? A cop with drugs, like, what are you doing? He
3: just looked at him and said, "Get out of here."
4: Yeah, you, you always got to go with the. Um, I, I like the classic pirate joke in yeah. those situations. You know, a pirate walks in a bar. He's got a steering wheel in his pants, and then the bartender says, "Hey, pirate, you got a steering wheel in your pants?" And he says, "Ah, it's driving me nuts."
3: There you go. Yeah,
4: yeah. It's not my joke. It's just like a children's joke, but you know, he's like, you're, "I'm always if went, someone ever's like a dick enough to put me on the spot." tell yeah. a joke that's just the one I always go to
3: you know I call having sex with my wife 9-11 because when I come she yells too soon
4: <laughs> hey I wrote right, that yeah. I
3: say that to cops
4: that's right they love that shit yeah it's <laughs> very blue humor and they're also you know blue lives you know, so <laughs> that makes a lot of sense you know I've been hitting the road a lot more lately and it's been wonderful. I've been really enjoying Florida right now, which is, you know, a sentence a lot of people don't say. Yeah. Uh but I can't wait to uh to do some more gigs and I'll I'll let you guys know at the end of the episode what what shows I got going on soon.
3: You got to stick around and yeah. find out.
4: Right now we got um we let's, let's go to our buddy uh, Danny Bedrosian and talk to him about his experiences on the road traveling around the world with P Funk. It's fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. by the coolest motherfucker I know, Mr. Daniel Bedrosian, Danny Bedrosian, Bosby Droz, the fucking man of the hour, dude. You are a fucking saint. You're killing it these days. We just saw P-Funk out in San Diego. I'm going again next week in Los Angeles. I can't wait You are the keyboard player for Parliament Funkadelic. You have your own band, Secret Army, and you have a new book coming out, The Authorized P-Funk Song Reference, Official Canon of Parliament Funkadelic, 1956 to 2023 by Daniel Bedrosian. You can pick it up on Roman.com. That's R-O-W-M-A-N.com, and you can get it there, and it's basically – it's the encyclopedia of everything that's ever happened at B-Funk. Danny, what's going on? How's your life? You know, It's nice to see your face. Ah, it's nice to see you
5: guys. Amber, Ed, so glad to be back. It's an absolute pleasure to be talking to you guys. As always, a pleasure.
4: Absolutely. And we, um, we, if you want to check us out, we recently had a nice conversation about Armenia on the Twitch stream, which you can still see the replay on the LPN Twitch channel. Go check that out. But today... We wanted to talk about the road. We're doing a whole episode about the road, and I'd say like seven or eight years ago, we did an episode with uh, Danny and uh, Marie Anderson from the Reformed Horse about the road and and all that stuff and road stories and people seem to love it so I think it'd it's great it again. to talk about it some more right. now yeah. that time has passed
3: last time didn't you say something a, a crack rock fell on the ground and a dog ate it and George Clinton was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh
4: no I don't know I'm was obsessed. that me did I tell that I that's, that's my story that's oh. my story yeah yeah oh, yeah right,
3: mix it up sorry <laughs> yeah
4: we that was uh, that story was told to me when I was on the tour bus back in uh, 2005 or 2004
3: <laughs> God uh, <laughs> speaking of, now speaking of tour buses, so you guys have a lot of members in your band. I mean, Parliament Funkadelic it fills up the stage. So, do you guys like sleep on the bus and like bunk beds?
5: Yeah, and and there was a time when I joined the band, we had three tour buses. Wow. Nowadays we nowadays we have two. We have two tour buses and a Sprinter van, okay. and an equipment truck. So, um, I mean, not as big as back in the seventies when there was like. Uh, uh, what are they, you know, big tractor trailers full of Spaceships. mothership pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but still a decent amount considering the, the traveling retinue. But yeah, we have sleepers. Um, they're Prevo buses, they call them. And, and we have, you know, a little front lounge, kitchen, bathroom, hallway with uh 12 to 16 bunks and then a back lounge wow. in the very back. That
3: gets intense with all the people. Do you ever just like smell someone too much? yeah. Oh yeah,
5: yeah! It's yeah. funk music. We love that.
4: Yeah. It's funk. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Everybody,
5: everybody knows everybody's smell. Everybody knows everybody's snore. Oh. I, I have a very famous snore, unfortunately, and um, I, I learned that I snored from being in this band. I never knew that I snored until until I was in this group. You know? And, wow. And. Uh, <laughs> I can't do they yell at you? <laughs> they don't yell at me. They don't wake me up. They're so nice, so kind. <laughs> um, because I'm not a super sound sleeper. Um, but I snore. I snore terribly loud. I I guess I, you know, I, I noticed it probably the first time on my own on a plane mm-hmm. when I was like,
3: <sighs> Oh, you woke yourself up? You know, like yeah. one of those
5: <laughs> which is awesome. You know what I mean? It's great. You know, when you got one of those like 3 a.m. Uh, red Eye Flights. Oh,
3: God. What happens if somebody wants to bring home a friend to the tour bus? Do they just crawl in their little cot or something?
5: Yes. Yes. That's what happens. It does happen. Wow.
3: and Whoa. And, you know, I'd say in the early days,
5: it was more the um, SD and sex, drugs, and rock and roll was like more the thing. And then it was like, um, you know, it's still that way in a way. But, you know, a large cross-section of the guys who came in the 70s are mostly either married or they got like a steady lady or guy that they're with and, you know. They
3: stayed on the bus.
5: Yeah, and they might have their, per- their special person who might come with them. Um, the younger guys, you know, the bachelors and such, they, they're a little more, you know, every night is a new a new thing and it's a new whatever. And, wow. You know?
4: Yeah. And it's like the bunks are crazy because they're like, it's basically a twin bed and three of them stacked on top of each other. Right? <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. If that. It's
4: like you're on a submarine. If
5: that. So like in Europe, in Europe we have the double decker buses where the lounge, the kitchen, the living area, the bathroom is all on the bottom floor and the top floor has another little lounge, but more bunks. And, there's a little area where you can sit right above the driver, where you feel like you you are the driver, like the upper driver. And then, but the bunks on the European buses are double wide, so you could have a couple people in there and have no problems. Wow. The buses in America, I wouldn't even. Are they twin size? I don't know because I get in there and it's like me, and if I have my backpack in there, I'm just like this damn backpack, like you know, like <laughs> like fighting, you know, and uh. There was a tour where one of the – well, it happens a lot. Like one of the buses will break down and everybody on the other bus got to get on your bus or everybody on your bus got to get on the other one. And so if you're on the host bus and the other guy's bus broke down, the common courtesy is to get in your bunk because we're riding to the next city. Yeah. You have a bunk. They don't. Just get in your bunk. You know, It's not the kind of free-for-all like when it's your own bus and there's there's – only 16 people instead of 32 or whatever it is, you know? So, uh, Patavian, you know, my wife, so she, she, for the most part, until we had our most recent child, she was on the road with me all the time. So, um, somebody was like, you know, uh, they were saying, you know, uh, Patavian, let your brother, Sleeping in your bunk she's like where are you gonna go she's like with dan they're like with danny obviously <laughs> <laughs> and me and patavian are both tall like you know she's really tall for a female and so like the bunk is kind of you know it, you gotta like do a thing you gotta maneuver and and so she gets in with me and we're both in there and i remember being like after it was over I said, that was cool. It wasn't bad. She's like, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, it was nice. It was cozy. We're cuddling. She's like, no, that was not cuddling. That was that was hot. We were stuck
4: together. Breathing. Yeah, Breathing together. in.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know. and the person on the inside is just like a wall and a human. Yeah. Like, what if a fire breaks I out? I know. I don't know. And I'm the
5: one on the inside, and I seem to think it was all right. But see, I wouldn't have liked it if I was on the outside because – the outside—it's not that you're gonna necessarily roll over and, and hit, fall on the ground. I mean, I have done that before, but in headier days, much headier days. Yeah. And then you have the politics of bottom bunk, middle bunk, top bunk—huge politics. And front. Oh, really? Yes, and front bunk, back bunk. There, there's so much politics to this stuff. So yeah, top bunk—you want young guys to be on the top bunk, and um.
3: I did so can crawl up there.
5: Yeah, I was always amazed at Peanut. You remember Peanut Ed? Peanut, yeah. you know, who was an older guy, one of the older guys in the band, and he always had a top bunk. And he just like he was so athletic, even in his older age, like he just whoop, spring up there, you spring down. Like when I had a top bunk, I hated it. Because you have to walk on somebody else's bunk to get up to your bunk. Oh. oh Is there a yeah. ladder? No, you have to put your foot literally on somebody else's bunk. And I just hated that. And then, um, and you know, again, in my headier days, I fell off the top bunk once. No. But, you know, but that was... That's what happens. <laughs> I don't blame anything but, but lack of sobriety.
3: Right. Has anybody ever peed on the top bunk and it trickled down? To- and it trickled down? Yeah. Not that I know of.
5: But um, for me, middle bunk is like, if you have um, a thought, like hierarchy... Like, the band directors always kind of get the middle bunk. Okay. <laughs> and, like, the people who kind of have privilege a lot of time have middle bunk. Like, it's kind of like a privilege thing in a way. Oh. And, and then, but, you know, but there are people who prefer all three. Like, there's a people who... They prefer the top. They prefer the, the the bottom bunk. The bottom bunk is the one I hate the most
4: because you got to like roll out onto the floor. Yeah, but like Patavian, for instance,
5: shits her favorite. She loves the bottom bunk. I can't stand the bottom bunk because I would
3: just think the whole time it was going to crash on top of me.
5: Well, there's that. Yeah, there's the two people above you. So there's that part. Yeah. But the other thing is, you know. There's only so much room on these. These buses are big, but there's a lot of us, and there's only so much room. So when everybody decides to go to bed, finally, at the end of a, a long night or a long show or on the way to the next city, everybody got to put their shoes kind of just on the floor in front of their bunks. Ooh. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, and they smell bad because you've been on stage all day. You stinky yeah. feet. Yeah, so, fuck all that. So you got like...
5: 32 pairs of, sh- 32 shoes, no. you know, 24 to 32 <laughs> shoes just in front of you if you're on the bottom bunk, you know? So, like, for me, it's awful, you know? But uh, some people don't, it doesn't bother them the same way. And she's not, she's totally unbothered what? by that.
3: That sounds like right out of a horror movie. Like, if I walk in your tour bus and I see a line of shoes and I'm like, okay, all those shoes, and someone just like, ah, like, comes out from underneath them, I would scream.
0: <laughs> ah! Yeah. <laughs>
1: The worst part is the
5: bathroom though, because you know, you can't, there's no number two. Is there just one? There's one bathroom and there's no number two allowed. What? Right? So
3: you can't no, no shit in the middle of the night?
5: No. No. So this is good for the road. These are good road stories. So Do like you
3: just poop in a bag?
5: No, well, so you just hold it. And <gasps> like yeah. so unhealthy, I know, but like everybody in rock and roll has this is their lifestyle. Like this is more uh a unifying lifestyle than any of the other stuff, (laughs) like the, the situation with bathrooms on Prevo tour buses. Like, you can go number one, no number two. If you go number two, it just goes, everything that goes into that toilet passes into a compartment that the driver eventually has to dump. So think about that. Yeah. And think about that smell and what happens when you do that and everything's rising.
3: You could die.
5: Cream always rises to the top. Yeah. So you're just smelling, and everybody knows if somebody did it. Like it's it's not allowed. It, it's a big fine. The bus companies will fine you really six hundred six hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. Oh or, my god! Or, yeah, it's bad. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Per per shit. Per so, shit,
3: a thousand dollars. I mean, some yes. it gets so bad. Sometimes I would pay a thousand dollars to take a shit.
5: I, I can understand, because trust me, I've been there. Now, what's interesting is, in the early days, the, the, the bathrooms used to have um, a window. There would be a window. Yeah. And most of them now don't. Most of them, they don't have that anymore. But in the early days, the early Prevost used to have them. So the rule, the unofficial rule used to be, plastic bag, line the toilet, go in the bag on the toilet, Wrap up the bag. I know it's terrible. I'm so sorry. now
4: you're like a
3: dog.
5: Throw it out the window. Throw
3: it at a poor farmer's face.
5: Right. (laughs) As you're driving through Wyoming. And uh, obviously terrible. Terrible, I know. So for the most part, that was only if You literally couldn't make it to the next truck stop. Like, you've already told the driver, he's already on his way, and you're still not going to make it. Like, one of those, this isn't going to work, or like, everybody's asleep, you can't be the only one requesting a stop, they just made a stop, and you just woke up, Yeah. and they already left, and there's not going to be another one for six hours. It has to be a real specific set of circumstances. Wow. And I can count the times that I've done. I can maybe two times that happened to me, three maybe at the most. And it was all in the early years when there used to be a window. (laughs) And I remember one time it was the beginning of the no windows. And, like, it was late, late at night and nobody (laughs) – Nobody was up and I just kind of grabbed the bag. I wrapped it up. I ran into the, into the lounge, just went (laughs) out the window in the lounge. There you
3: go. Have you heard the Dave Matthews band story? Because they were over a bridge in Chicago and they released their bowels on a boat.
5: Yes. And we played with them in Chicago and I believe it might've been the same tour. (laughs) We, uh, we played a really big show with Dave Matthews band in 2007 if it wasn't that tour, it was one around it. And it's funny because it was Chicago. And we played with them at the, this big arena. Uh, big, uh, yeah, it was a big arena in Chicago. And um, something I always say, this is a good like road story too. Dave Matthews, the sweetest guy in show business. Really? Yeah. The sweetest. The sweetest guy in show business. There's like a few people I can name that were just so goddamn nice. And he was one of them. Just so nice, not a not a mean, egotistical, weird rock and roll weirdo. I think I'm better than you, type of bone in his body. Not one. Oh, I like so him. So kind, yes, so kind. And he's got to be worth like three hundred million dollars at least. And the other the the other guy who's like that, also worth like a gazillion dollars, is Jay Leno. Really, Jay Leno was the other one who was just he. You know how many of us there are in the band. Yeah, he did. A morning, an afternoon, and a nighttime conversation with each band. Wow. Especially right after the show, met with each one of us and had a sit down with each one of us. That's cool. A special conversation with each one of us. And and I was real excited to talk to him because he's from Andover, Massachusetts, and I'm from Lawrence, Massachusetts. Uh, They're kind of twin cities, so... So right when I seen him, I'm like, "What's up, the Andover?" <laughs> and he was like, how, "How you know I'm from Andover?" I said, "I'm from Lawrence, man." He's like, "Oh, you know, so we used to play you guys in football." You know, he was talking about, and he was so cool, so cool. Some people, I mean, there's other nice people, of course, yeah. but there's only a few that I can name that just had a real genuine. I'm super nice, no extra weirdness, no, you know, no extra ego, no nothing, just. Down-to-earth, super cool.
3: Anybody a piece of shit? <laughs> Just to Well,
4: Danny's him? the one shitting and throwing it out the window at <laughs> <of> the lounge. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, me.
3: <laughs> and you know
5: what? I got to put him on Front Street. I, and I don't usually do this. Um, but uh, that falcon. Falcon? A you know, falcon. I don't know. What's his a name? A bird?
3: Yeah, bird's going
4: to be mean. Andre Rison.
3: No, no. <laughs>
5: No, uh, um, dude, to play
4: Falcon in the Marvel Universe, Falcon, yeah, oh, um, Anthony Mackie, yo, Oof. yeah, he was tough to Ooh. deal with. What do you? How are you dealing with all these actors and shit? Oh like, man, we see
5: you? a million, uh, you know, P Funk, George. Everybody wants to meet George. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody wants to meet George. So I've met the biggest, craziest cross section of Hollywood in my travails. With the P funk, you know what I mean. Yeah. And for the most part, a lot of really nice people. For the most part, I imagine. But that's one. That's one that I pinpoint as like I had to say to myself, like, damn, what an asshole. <laughs> like I had to say that like he came in, <laughs> he came in the room, and he wanted to get a picture with George. Or he wanted to talk to George, get a picture with George. Yeah, he wanted to get a picture with George. Yeah. So, and he wasn't mean to me. I was sitting with Lige, and I'm like, I've described this before. I'm kind of like the weird transitional. Remember? So there's like the younger or newer guys that came like 15 years after I did. Mm-hmm. And some of them are my age. A lot of them are a lot younger. but Some of them are my age. But they came way later. Yeah. And they're they like call the old guys uncle and like that thing. Then there's the old guys who all joined before I was born. Yeah, You know? And then there's me. And I'm just kind of like in the middle. I don't have any peers. None of the people who joined when I joined are still there. I'm the only one who joined in the 2000s that's still there. So, my whole decade, I'm the only one left. So, I kind of mix with the younger guys and the older guys a lot. So, in this particular instance, I was sitting with a couple of the older guys, hanging with them, and I'm sitting with Lige. And me and Lige are both, uh, Lige carried the bass player. Yeah. Me and Lige are both big uh, Marvel fans. You know, I, I'm a huge comic book fan. You know, I got my... Oh, they're everywhere. My rare Fantastic Four comics right here, you know? Hell yeah. And I'm just, you know, huge Marvel fan, and Lodge loves the movies. He's real into it. So right when uh, Falcon came in, um, I'm just going to call him Falcon. Right when Falcon walked in, <laughs> Lodge was like... So what's up, man? You gonna be the next Captain America or what? <laughs> like, <it's not> right. <laughs> like just real blunt. And and because, you know, Lige is older than him, like he did show the respect to the elders type of thing. Yeah. Where he was like, you just gotta see, man, you're gonna see, you know. So that was cool. Yeah. But then he had the picture with George, and then a couple of the younger guys asked him very politely. They're nice young kids coming up in the band, good guys. They asked him if they could take a picture with him. And the whole thing was like, man, oh, what? All right, come on, just hurry up, hurry up, <gasps> hurry up. All right. It's a picture. He also take the just picture, right? did that to George, right? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and then, like, they take the picture, and he walks away. and He's like, "Jesus fucking Christ, man! God damn!" He should be like, happy somebody away. wants to take a
3: picture. I'm <laughs> <So laughs> exactly. mad,
5: and and I was like, "Damn, that's so messed up." Because they were so they were they they wore didn't ask him in a messed up way. Yeah, it's their dressing room.
4: It's our dressing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. He's coming into our house. You know, no, you wow. come anyway, in happy take pictures, also like who doesn't want to take pictures with members of p funk?
5: Like, <laughs> there was this big viral thing with this grandmother and this little boy, little boy, look up to the dude, yeah, this is like his role model, and he wouldn't take a picture with the little boy, what? oh, my and the God. grandmother was like, and it went viral, and my boy Bouvier, who was one of the ones, he's a young rapper in, in p funk, he sent me the. The video, <laughs> and he said, See, he is an asshole. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, He does it with everybody, man. At least now you don't have to feel bad. Like, he didn't, you know, uh, zero you in and, like, right. it's just you. It's everybody. Yeah. But again, I'm not trying to be so. Sur- I know that oh, I just, paparazzi yeah. is a motherfucker and, and all of that is deep, but that is one of those ones where he showed so much disdain that I just had to call that one out.
4: I normally wouldn't, but I had to call it. I got to ask you about one other person who's been like, I've been like my shepherd into jazz and hip hop lately. Um, And I I know you just did his festival, the Blue Note Festival out in Napa. Um, Robert Glasper, you've been working with him a little bit lately. What was that festival like? Because that looked like The coolest lineup I've ever seen for anything. Festival was
5: awesome. Robert Glasper is someone where I think we've enjoyed each other for for a long time. He he opened for us a couple times before. One time was at South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. And um, he said the nicest compliment that any other keyboard player ever said to me. He said... I can tell you're a real piano player, man. Like Ooh. you're a real you know, you ain't no keyboard player. You're a pianist. I was like, oh wow, that means the world to me because you know that's what I really pl- play. That's what I really practice every day. Yeah, your classic. That's what I grew. Trend. Yeah, that's what I grew up playing. Keyboards is like what I have to do, but piano is what I do do. So yeah, it's
3: hard to bring a grand piano on the road. Exactly.
5: Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that was really cool, and like I said, he opened for us a couple of times, and we had both commented to each other on it. Like he was like, "Man, I was enjoying you the whole night." I was like, "Man, I was enjoying you the whole night." So mutual respect, and and uh, then at the Blue Note, he was the artist in residence this year. So he had, you know, he sat in with all the other bands. He had a special booth where he was doing his new album. He was doing a bunch of special sets. Great stuff. I love everything he does. He is a modern treasure of musical treasure. And um, he came, I told, we, we hung out in the morning at breakfast time and we were talking music. I was telling him about the book and we were talking P-Funk and he just had a, we had a great conversation. We were talking about Bernie and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and he didn't know that I studied under Bernie. And so like he- Bernie started, Worrell. Bernie Worrell, yeah. Yeah. And so we started talking about that and he was just all kinds of questions. And, and so then he, he said, I'm coming to your set, I'm coming to your set. So he came up. Arm around me, big hug, sat in, played with me on the on the. I said, like, "Play with me, man, play." With. He's like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Come on, come on." Awesome. So we played a little bit, and he was so nice, so sweet, and um, he's gonna. I think he's coming to the show in LA, so I'm gonna try to have him come down. We talked about it there because you know. Um, that's great so we got the show coming up
3: yeah i have a question so you travel a lot do you ever go to a city and you're like welcome everybody we love denver and you're like uh we're in california i haven't done it <laughs> but guys in the
5: band have done it yeah, yeah. Guys, i'm lucky because i don't have to do a lot of hyping mm. but uh yeah there have been lead singers and stuff in the group where um i've never seen george do it but but there have been guys in the band who've been like um you know uh all right, Denver, and it's Dallas, you know, or something, <laughs> yeah. you know? so it was like the same letter, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah.
3: got to feel very disorienting to like something on a tour bus. So you go to sleep in Denver and you wake up in Dallas yeah. and you're just kind of like, where am I? Like you're time traveling all the time.
5: You can't blame us. I mean, a lot of times we're going through, we might go through six, seven time zones in a period of a day or so, you know what I mean? Between flying and buses and trains and ferries and boats and cruise ships and, so it's, yeah, you can't blame us. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh we lived this day twice. So now we're living the same day. We're wow. living August 28th, a second time, yeah. just on a different continent, you know? So
3: like health-wise, how would you like, say you keep up with it with like eating and supplements, caffeine, like how do you cope with that?
5: So when I was younger, you know, I was all up into all kinds of crazy shit and I'm not now because it's just too hard to maintain. yeah, um, You know, I actually got clean on the road. You know, it's kind of funny. Like most people, no one does that. No, and Most people come out all preppy and they get, they get Horrible. hardcore on the road and they get all fucked up. I turned gotta,
3: into a mess on the road. Yeah, I just no. eat fast
5: food and drink beer. Yeah. See, I, I went the other way, but I mean, my first, my first uh, five years, I was the same dude I was when I, before I came out, I was a mess. I was doing everything, but then I cleaned up, and, um, and cause everything with me was always, um, I'm extremist. So if it's cigarettes, it's two packs of cigarettes a day. You know yeah. what I mean? If it, if it was, uh, you know, and, and just say that with anything,
1: right? yeah. <laughs> so, like,
5: yeah. with anything, just a, extreme. And, um, and so I had to be careful, you know, um, today I don't even drink coffee. Wow. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs. I don't do any of that and stuff. Now
4: you got a and great book coming out. You know, now so. I got a great
5: book. <laughs> yeah. So those do go hand in hand, like <laughs> in a way, because um you can only maintain for so long on that kind of a regiment before you do crash and burn. Yeah. And um my crash and burn happened relatively fast, five years, because again, I do everything to extremes. So I landed in the hospital a few times, a whole bunch of other mess. So I was like, eh. so yeah, the food—that's the hardest part. I also don't eat fast food, no. so
4: that's pretty much all that's available. That's
5: all that's available. So what do I do? It's hard. I might, I might have like, you know, like food at the truck stop or whatever, fruit if I can get it, salads at the restaurants, things like that. You know what I mean? Try to eat well, but it's hard. I take a daily multivitamin in the morning. I take magnesium with my dinner. Um I drink a lot of tea. I I kind of keep cough drops on me at all times because I have to sing a lot and talk a lot for interviews. And um those are like my big go-tos. I I um I have like a nasal spray that has like I had inhalers for a long time. Yeah. But uh they do all kinds of crazy stuff to me. So now I have like a nasal spray where the ibrotropium which is like a type of inhaler is in the nasal spray and it kind of helps me with like breathing and stuff but also just kind of like congestion and uh cuz you get it a lot on the road you're just surrounded by dust and mildew and cigarette smoke and dirt and crap everywhere so that stuff helps those are those are little little things i do on the health side
4: yeah i think a common misconception uh with everyone who's a fan of music, who's a fan of comedy, uh, is a fan of movies is that it's the good life. It's super easy. Everyone's, you know, like you're, you know, you're just having fun all day, you know, but you know, I don't think people realize like, you know, there's a reason like why most comedians will talk about the airport you know, or like we'll talk about, you know, because every it's horrible and everyone knows it's horrible. Traveling fucking sucks. Yeah. It brings your temperature up. Like it brings your heart rate up. You are just stuck in a seat and your back hurts by the end of it. People you die know, on the road. People die on yeah. the road all the time. Yeah. And, and so it's just like in the road takes so many of our, you know, of the people in our field, you know, comedians, obviously, you know, like, poor you know poor like ralphie may and greg giraldo right. you know and like sam kinnison so many uh amazing i mean bob saget you know like it's just you know the road it, it it takes so many and and i don't know you don't have to name names or anything but have you ever seen like anyone who just like couldn't make it after being on the road for so long or like anything like that like what is something
5: well like- I, I will name names i will name names just because they're legends and they deserve it you know the same way that you just named names um uh, you know, Gary Scheider, um, Cordell Boogie Masoon, Bernie Worrell, those three by itself, those were huge mentors of mine, um, and legendary Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recipient members of Parliament Funkadelic. Um, yeah. Robert Peanut Johnson, who we talked about before, Malia Franklin, Belita Wood. And they all died on the road? They, uh, except for Malia. Malia didn't, but the rest of them all died. Died, I mean, not on the road, but they were still road, they were working road musicians. So they were traveling all the time when they passed. Yes. They were still full time traveling musicians and worked themselves down to, down to, you know, down to nothing and gave this, this art, gave their art everything they had and, it can't be just attributed to the road. It also is attributed to the things that you do to maintain. Like what we were just saying, everybody has their way of maintaining, you know, and, um, it could be cigarettes. It could be, you know what I mean? Alcohol. It could be food. It could be drugs. It could be whatever. But, um, and a lot of times it's those things you don't think about, like not the hard drugs or anything. They'd be crazy stuff like cigarettes or coffee or, you know, food or stuff like, you know, a lot of times it's that stuff. But, um, or just conditions, you know, just travel conditions, like you said. you know, Yeah, like
4: carbon monoxide and shit like that from you being on the bus all the goddamn time. Or, exactly. I remember you saying that you guys had to do, for a little while, you had to get rid of the bus and you had to do these, like, vans. Yeah. And it was like, it was hell just sitting down for 15 hours a day. I right? mean, 15 to 40. Whoa. I mean, there was like, I mean,
5: because there were, you know, so okay so when we started doing the vans was 2011 Mm -hmm. and i think we kind of flipped out of that around 16 or 15 or 16 but we were still using them on and off and we still use them on and off like george prefers to be in a van yeah so he has his own van he likes it george is like the you know not to get too off the subject but he's like the craziest like ultimate navigator like, George can take you anywhere with no GPS, you guys. Yeah. It is the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. You can feel it. No, 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 not, not the 29. You know about 31? What's 31? About oh, 31, I should go around this way, and you can get there like three hours faster. He knows every route. He knows every way to get to any U.S. state, anywhere in North America, Canada, U.S., he knows his way all around. It's crazy. So anyway, he wow. like he's, he's been his on the road forever. Forever. So he likes his van. But um, they put us in these vans, and and we were in them for, like, five or six years. And they killed me. I mean, and I'm a younger guy. You know I mean? I wasn't, like, as old as a lot of the oldest guys. I can't even imagine how they felt. But um, it was necessary because it was at a time when diesel prices just shot up, and just couldn't afford it at the time. And, and we weren't the only ones. There were, like, dozens of big bands that were switching to these Sprinters. And, like, Sprinter was, like, the new thing. They were getting rid of their buses. They were going to these vans. They were like doubling up the amount of vans per sprinter. And it was just like a a sign of the times at that time. And comedians too. You remember um, uh, Tracy Morgan crashed in a sprinter van. And that was when that sprinter van thing was, that's when it was really, it was during that 11 to 16 period. So um, everybody was in them at that time. And Yeah, it whooped my ass because, I mean, I can't even name on like all of our sets of hands the amount of trips that I did like Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon, Richmond, California to Richmond, Virginia, San Diego to Boston, Tallahassee to Tahoe. Uh, Tallahassee to Seattle. I live in Tallahassee. So like Tallahassee to San Francisco, Tallahassee to to, uh, to um, Spokane. Uh, Tallah- just driving. Just driving. So like Damn. just 40-hour drive was a regular thing for us in, in those days. 36, 38-hour, 42-hour. Those were regular drives for us in those days. So today... When to s- go play two hours. Yeah. And three so hours. today when somebody says, oh, it's an eight hour drive, I'm like, oh great. <laughs> I mean?
3: so like, right. Is know? it because the instruments are too bulky to like put on an airplane? Uh well, that's one part of it. Yeah. But if you're um
5: we would do those vans, you know, mostly for the, you know, for the long tours. So there'd be like 30 dates and doing like 60 flights with the routing that we would have it just didn't make sense financially um and yeah you can't bring a backline on a plane right you can bring some stuff but you can't bring backline so all those heavy amps and the speaker cases and all that stuff it just it's and renting everywhere you go isn't really an option either we've done that too though i mean every combination you can think of we've done yeah we've done the fly tours where we do nothing but fly and rent We've done the van tours where we ride with all the gear. We've done the bus tours. We've done combinations of all those things. What's best for you? I used to like flying better. Now I like riding better. But unfortunately, now I fly more. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> I think whatever I'm doing the most, that's what I hate. Yeah, Because right. uh, uh, I don't know, sometime right before the pandemic, I, I developed kind of a fear of flying because we had a really bad flight. We went out to LA for the Trolls. We were—I did the keyboards and some of the keyboards in the Trolls World Tour movie. Hilarious! And we had this really bad flight, terrible flight, to get out there for the premiere, and it scared the shit out of me. I'm scared of planes from now on. Was something
3: on the wing of the plane?
5: A troll? No, we got hit by a tornado. (laughs) Oh my god! and we fell like tens of thousands of feet straight down in what? The air. Everything went everywhere. Strangers held hands across the aisles. I'm I'm almost positive that's where I got COVID, too. Really? Because it was March of 2020. It was the second to last show P-Funk did before the lockdown. And I went home and like a week later, I got COVID. And so did Batavia. And she was sitting right next to me. And uh, it was just people panting and screaming and oh, yeah. falling all over each other. Yeah, so... I I think that's where I got COVID. We came home and essentially got COVID right after that.
4: Damn. I think if the Trolls movie killed you, I would have fucking gone berserk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
5: Yeah, I did the Atomic Dog on that. All the keyboards on Atomic, that's me. And also, I made the sounds too for the- Love it. So it was cool. I made the sounds and played on that. And uh, George is a character in that movie, so so it's like a whole thing. So I'm on the soundtrack of that.
4: Amazing. I love that. So what are
3: some of your favorite towns? Not even necessarily to play in, but just like, to go and visit because part of the road one of those positive things i like walking around and finding their little local coffee shop or their little oh you make homemade maple syrup i'll get a little thing yeah like is there like a place like that you love yes
5: well i'm a new englander so anywhere in new england i have i wax nostalgia because it's just home it's where i grew up um massachusetts new hampshire vermont i love every everything about that stuff maine Outside of there, I love Portland, Oregon. I always have mm-hmm. Powell's Books. It's, it's like cool. this massive bookstore. You just get lost in that place. Um, it's like six floors. You know, it's huge. A zillion rooms. Just, just can stay in there forever. Um, I love Pittsburgh, PA. It's working class town. Yeah, but it's got. I'm a, again, I'm a comic book guy. It's the best comic book shops in the world are in Pittsburgh, and um, in the states. Those are two, two of my big i mean i didn't i used to hate la and now i like la um i used to hate new york and now i like new york like i had like a love affair with new york at one period where um i had a place like a little apartment that i stayed at in Inwood. i think ed you might remember yeah i used to stay up in in Inwood. had like little one bedroom spot up there you know uh uh north of north of harlem you know
3: yeah and, i used uh, to live there Inwood. yeah you did it's like I lived one stop away from the Bronx, like at the yeah. very top of Manhattan. This is like not on the maps, you know? I
5: love Inwood. I, 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 still, great. Have a, a, I still have a special feeling about Inwood. And um, the place I stayed at was on the corner of Seaman, Dykeman, and Cummings.
3: <laughs> and everybody yeah. used to
5: always be like, yeah, you know?
3: That's good. Oh, yeah. yeah, Inwoods is great because it feels like you're in a, in a small town, but then you get on a train and go 10 stops and you're in New York City. Yeah. yeah.
5: And it's still urban. Like, you know, it's the Dominican neighborhood. They're always having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a lot of great. I grew up in an area that was a lot of Dominicans in, in Massachusetts too. So it's kind of it's familiar and, and cool. Great food, great people, great nightlife, great party vibe. I always liked it. And again, LA, you know, for the Armenian thing, being Armenian, it's where, you know, more than half the Armenians in the U.S. are in L.A. So yeah, so that's always great. But when I first went to L.A., I just I, being an East Coast guy, it was so just plastic to me. And just it grows on
4: you. It grows, but it grows and also on L.A.
3: You. has different parts. Yes. Like if you go to West L.A., everybody's keyed up on coke yes. and like and yeah. there's you know their fancy workout outfit. You go to more East L.A. and it's a little more grungy. You know,
4: yeah. yes, plastic's the right way to describe it. I also describe Boca Raton like that, where I'm from. It's just it's plastic. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of that. For yeah, sure.
3: the east
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a forty nine. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: Let me ask you, there's two uh, road stories I wanted to get out of you before we, we before we split. Yeah. The first one is about you had to go on tour with the Secret Service? Like what was this?
5: Yeah, so this is one that I like to tell a lot, and I told this on Tales from the Tour bus. Which was that cartoon that um, uh, Mike, Judge. Mike Judge, Mike Judge did, and we
4: hilarious you know,
5: show, yeah, and like me and Blackbird and Lige and George and Benzel did the this whole soundtrack to the second season, so the theme song and all the background music. So they also interviewed me, but my interview didn't make it. I was so sad because it's animated. I was gonna see the cartoon of me. Yeah, I was so excited. I was so mad when I didn't get picked, but. When I saw what they ended up picking, I mean, besides George, all the other interviews, I was just kind of like, "Yeah, that's what you picked." Because like I told some like crazy stories. Because I saw the first season about the country guys, and they're talking about shooting each other's ears off and stuff. Like, I thought they wanted like balls to the wall, hardcore stories, you know? And they didn't pick. They didn't pick my. I don't know. Maybe it was too controversial. What I told was too controversial. But this one of the stories I told that was a little bit more. PG but still like interesting
4: you do whatever you want on our
1: show yeah I know the most controversial thing (laughs) tell us
5: so like one of the ones I told like again it was a little bit it wasn't like the craziest but it was still apparently like they didn't want to have something that had to do with the government or whatever but Mm -hmm. um, we were on the road touring the US and specifically the Midwest and it was End of 04, beginning of 05, it was that big election between George W. Bush, he was running for re-election, and he was going up against John Kerry, senator from Massachusetts on the Democrat side, and the two of them were campaigning in the Midwest. Now, the first show we had was in Columbus, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was appearing with George W. Bush across the street, so they canceled our show. So we got to the show, show's canceled. We got the we got the gear everything show's canceled. I think we even set up and the show got canceled. So it was like they didn't why because Secret Service didn't want us. They didn't want a big crowd of people across the street for P Funk. And this was also in those rowdier days. And yeah. this is back when we were playing six hour shows. It was just a different vibe, you know. It was just they didn't want that. And um, and then the next day we went to Milwaukee, and we were there. Just hours shy of a major debate between the two candidates that was being held on the same city block as where we were playing. So they had set up the whole, it was like an outdoor debate in Milwaukee, and they kind of chased us out of town early. They went to the hotel, and the Secret Service went to the hotel and made us leave. So then we're in Madison, right? And we're in Madison, Wisconsin. We stop at one of those famous Madison old pancake houses. If you've never been to Madison, Wisconsin, or Wisconsin in general, they're famous for their old pancake houses and best bacon in the world, you know? Yeah. And so we were all sitting there, at a big table, Billy Bass, myself. I remember everybody who was there. And um, these guys walked up. Well, the guy walks up, right? And I think it's the owner, right? He looked like the owner of the old pancake house. You know, so he's like, how you guys doing? We're like, oh, man, good, food. Killer, man, you know. Just like this is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad you like it. I'm like, oh, man, we love it. Thank you. You know? He's like, Yeah, yeah. So where are you guys coming from? You know? We're like, oh Milwaukee, you know, Columbus before that. like, oh yeah. And they started asking questions. Where were you before that? Where were you before that? Well, before that we were in Tallahassee getting the gear together. Where were you before that? I was like ah. at my house. Where were you before that?
3: I'm Why are you like, asking those questions? My mother's
5: womb? I don't <laughs> know what are you talking about? So so then he started like asking like real specific questions, and then I looked over and there was another guy coming from another table. He had just finished questioning some random couple on the corner, and he came up and he had like an, also had like a nice kind of suit, and I'm like, this isn't the owners. this is the fucking secret service. So then I look outside. there's another there's a secret service. They got a big old car, whatever, right by the, the tour bus. And they getting on the tour bus and questioning the bus driver and pulling people off the bus. And so they were basically questioning us, seeing where we were going to go next. Because they didn't like the idea that they seen us at the first show. They seen us at the second show. Now they're seeing us in Madison. We're on our way to a show in Madison. And they're there, too. So- oh,
3: President's going to get assassinated by a keyboard player. <laughs>
5: right. <laughs>
4: so, so
5: they ended up following us for the whole tour. And we'd look out the ba- back of the bus, and there they were, in their black sedans and the humvees and stuff they're right behind us and uh were they cute <laughs> they, they looked like the bad guys from the Matrix,
4: yeah, yeah, exactly exactly okay.
5: <laughs> and uh and they knew some of our names it was it was really weird and and uh, that is weird. it was really strange, and we ended up having to cancel like one or two other shows on that run, and then they ended us ended up like um parking us in Billings, Montana for like two days where it was just like stay there for a minute while we're done doing like what we, while we could finish what we're doing over here. Hmm. And then by that time, uh, W won or stole it or whatever. And, and, uh, and we were like, damn. But what I do remember about that also at the same time is unrelated, but um, that was the city where George said, we were like, oh, Bush won. He was like, I know. He's like, and he looked at me, he said, I'm going to buy you your own rig. I said, yeah, because up until that point, I shared a rig with one of the other keyboard players. Yeah. And, uh, and so he said, I'm going to get you your own rig. If you let me know what keyboards you want, you're going to have your own space on the stage. Hell yeah. I'll never forget. It was in Billings, Montana. And then Gary Scheider was on the bus. You know, Gary used to, like, hold court. On the back lounge, and we'd talk every night after the show. We'd play back the tapes. You like, play it again, Dwayne. Like you make him like play like everything we did, what we did wrong, what we did right, and like every if you're fired means you're hired. If you're hired, it means you're fired. Like all the Gary is, yeah. <laughs> and he just kept saying to me like hitting me hard as hell on the shoulder. He got you a rig. He's gonna get you a ring, like he going to the thing he said, and that's why you don't play that part wrong. He got you a ring. Like he's just like, was he still in the diaper at this point? Yeah, he'd be in the diaper. Yeah, he'd be walking around with a you know, towel on, <laughs> and he'd be like, he'd say something like, "I told him pretend I'm George. He got you a ring." You know, like hitting me, like Gary, stop hitting me. Like what? Are you- but um <laughs> yeah, that was like around that time. Billings, Billings, Montana was super special. So let
4: me ask you, when the when the secret service cancels your show and you got to like refund everybody, do you guys just not get paid now or does the, like the government like supplement your income?
5: So <laughs> So as far as I remember, uh we always got paid when a show got canceled. Okay. Right? The same thing, and uh, I remember a show one time too. You remember that guy, Matis Yahoo? Yes. Yeah, the uh the
4: the Hasidic reggae guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Hasidic yeah. Reggae. So like he opened for us once and something happened between our camp. I don't remember. Something happened where like we're like, we're not playing now. I don't remember why. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly how it went. But we what like he played. It was somewhere crazy too. Like, I think it was like f- is Fargo South Dakota or is that? No, Fargo North Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah. What's South Dakota? Sioux Falls? Yeah, so- it might have been or Sioux South South Falls. Dakota, yeah. Okay, it might have been Sioux Falls. And um, we like went to this whole thing about, all right, fuck you, we're not playing. <laughs> we're getting out of here. Bus driver started the bus, you know.
1: Trrr,
2: trrr.
5: Bus gets stuck in the mud. Uh. (laughs) We're there for 36
1: hours.
5: (laughs) Everybody's gone. Madison Yahoo's two cities over. Like, everybody's gone. We're still there going, trying to get out of the mud. Uh,
4: Different story, but yeah. And uh, the other one that I love, because people, like, they're huge all over the world, almost bigger in Europe and, and stuff like that. Japan. Japan, yeah. Yeah. And an interesting thing happened to you when you were in Georgia, the country. You were like, you were recognized when you went out there? What happened exactly? So,
5: right before I went to Georgia, I had my DNA done because, you know, um, people who suffered, you know, Armenians, Native Americans, African Americans, people who suffered the bad history where records were destroyed are good candidates for DNA tests because you can find out real things about your ancestors, your family. So it turns out I'm not really a Bedrosian at all, that that name was uh, given to somebody along the line, maybe even rel- uh, relatively recently, maybe even like my great-great-grandfather, possibly. He might be the first one, because his name is Bedros. My father's name is also Bedros, by the way. So Bedros Bedrosian. So, um, Crazy. But there was another Bedros, like two generations above him, and he might be the first in the family or maybe even his son my great grandfather took his name as the last name to honor the father it was like a thing they did a lot of times but also names were changed to save royal families from termination by the, the turks and and other <sighs> invading tribes are you so, royalty so i found out and i know this is like a stupid thing or whatever but this is it's, it's really absolutely true i come from a family called the orbellians and the orbellians to an Armenian when you say that. Armenians are like, oh,
3: whoa, you know, because the Orbelians- It's like a, a Trump family or something. It's like, <laughs> I
5: guess, <laughs> maybe not Trump, but like it was, uh they were like a princely dynasty yeah. that ruled in a land that's still in modern Armenia called Sunik, the southern part of modern Armenia. And there are all these famous castles and monasteries that they like built and had, were had built or whatever. And um they ruled a bunch of different lands for a number of years. And they also come from an older family called the Mamagonians. And there's a famous hero of the Armenians, Vartan Mamagonian, who looks exactly like me. <laughs> it's the craziest. <laughs> and he was he was alive in 451 A.D. Wow. So this isn't like recent. This is like a long, and he looks exactly like me. There's a picture, like the only thing that's different is the clothes. Everything else is <laughs> exactly the Crazy. same. Crazy. And um So the Orbelian family also ruled a number of um, like melikdoms, which means like prince princedoms, in Georgia, neighboring country to the north of Armenia. And a lot of the Georgian kings were Armenian origin. It was a common thing back in those days. And uh, so when I went to Georgia, we ended up playing in a place where my family had once ruled parts of that area. So I had some Georgian friends. And I asked them if they could teach me some Georgian so that I can say in Georgian, you know, it's an honor for us to be here. I want to let you all know that I descend from the Orbelian dynasty who once ruled parts of these lands. I want to let you know how happy I am to be the first one in my family back here after 800 years or whatever it was. Yeah. And, you know, and ladies and gentlemen, George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, here we are, you know. So and it's it 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 also played on the Georgian news and you know national news and there's a great video clip of it and maybe I can send it to you guys. I would love and that. And you can even play it if you want. And it's uh, from the Georgian news station. But um, they said that my Georgian was impeccable. They said that it was so good I sounded like a native speaker because it's in your blood. That's right. I never spoke never spoke Georgian language in my life. Um, I know what does it, it sound like? Um, it's, well, it's what they call a language isolate. So it doesn't really sound too much like anything else you've heard. It's its own language family. It's not in a... Give,
3: us a, give us a sentence.
5: I don't even remember. I learned that oh. one paragraph, <laughs> you know?
3: I'm going to try type it into Google Translate. I had that one paragraph <laughs> that
5: I learned, I memorized it, and I said it, you know? But I mean, there are some words that kind of remind me of Armenian, but it's only because they're right next to each other. They don't have any linguistic connection at all they're not in the same language family they're not even in the same sub like larger language family georgian is part of its own it's called the caucasian family group it has nothing to do with the american term caucasian that they use for white it's just this is the the caucasus region where the georgians live so like that so they were excited to have you they're excited so they flip out when i say the thing they just go nuts right they go nuts and uh Royal treatment from that point on, bro. Like, yeah. royal treatment. The red carpet was rolled out from that point on. Anything gotta I wanted. You got to go back and take the kids. Anything I wanted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really want to go to Armenia because I've never even been to my home country. Like, really? I've never even been to Armenia. I've been to Georgia. I've been to Turkey. And, you know, really my family's from what is now Turkey. So that was... yeah cool a bit scary but weird but that was cool but i would like to go to armenia because i've never been there but yeah georgia they rolled out the red carpet it was just like they didn't even, the band was at one point the band was looking for me the production manager was like where's danny they found me on the beach somewhere like
4: <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what's up hey. it's just grapes like yeah. being fed to you and shit <laughs>
3: <It's> like- <laughs> i'm trying to get the robot to say it but i don't know how Sorry guys.
5: Oh, it's fine. yeah, it's, it's cuz it
3: looks wild.
5: Yeah, and they got their own alphabet too. Yeah. And um but it was a great experience. They treated us really nice. They were super nice people. The festival was awesome. They 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 really just amazing amazing place and um I hope we do go back. We played Batumi, which is on the Black Sea. Yeah. It was super pretty and um Snoop Dogg was there like the night before us, I think. Crazy. We played the same jazz festival as we did.
3: To say girl in Georgian is go-go. Go-go. There yeah, you okay. go. Go-go. There you go.
4: That makes sense.
3: I wish the robot could tell me. (laughs) Shit. I want to hear it.
4: Well, thank you, Danny, so much for coming and hanging out with us. I can't wait to see you in person uh, next week. Um, That's going to be on November 24th in Los Angeles. Uh, You guys are finishing up your tour right now, right? You got a a couple more dates for the end of the year?
5: We're doing, yeah, we got more dates. We'll be in California again before uh, Christmas. And we're also going to Texas in the middle of December. I'm doing a promotional book tour. Uh, if I can say that real quick before I go. Oh, yeah. No, let's talk about the book. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, so I got you know the authorized p Funk song reference. The book is, it'll be out on the 15th. And, um, and I am doing a promotional book tour. It's going to be running through 2024. But the first part of it is, is happening concurrently. On the day that the book is released, I'm at the uh, Word, Words and Music NOLA book fair, doing a special live conversation about the book. Um, And uh, then I'm doing a three-day honorarium with George and members of the band at my alma mater, UNH, University of New Hampshire in Durham, um, with a book lecture, a music clinic, and a concert, complete with rare gems Ed. you would kill for this set list i'm gonna i'll, uh, I'll, I'll send it to you f because it's like a set list we've never played please. never played before and then oh uh, my god that goes straight into a series of secret army dates um portland maine at the oxbow brewing on november 29th uh new york city show to be announced on the 30th uh boston medford massachusetts at the porch On December 1st and then December 2nd at Concord, New Hampshire at Feathered Friend Brewing. And so those are all going to be in promotion of the book. We're going to have books there for sale. Um, And yeah, as well as my new graphic novel and the new Secret Army album. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. It's It's A bunch of work. Bunch of work before the end of the year.
4: The Authorized P-Funk Song Reference, Official Canon of Parliament Funkadelic, 1956 to 2023 by Daniel Bedrosian. Go to Roman.com. That's R-O-W-M-A-N.com. Search for the book. Buy the book. It's going to be, if you I got a P-Funk family member fan and your or friend. This is the, they're going to go crazy for this fucking thing. There has never been anything like this about any band. Honestly, follow Danny on Patreon. If you got some time It's patreon.com slash Danny, but um, you can find all of his new albums, go to Patreon before they get released. So you get the first taste of everything. New talks about the comic book, uh, Danny on everything, the podcast, there's lots of stuff going on over there. If you want to buy the book or you want to get the, uh, or you want to get the comic book you just reach out to danny directly um on paypal it's info at danny bedrosian cash app daniel bedrosian and venmo at daniel bedrosian uh you just sent 20 bucks he will send you the new lost froth album we'll hear a song after that to close out the show today and also you can buy the comic book there for 50 bucks it's unbelievable you got it just sons of the sun uh it's all about armenian gods and you know this fucking it's beautiful you got to check it out it's really. It, and the art is beautiful as well. Um, I, I love you so much, Danny. Make sure you check him out. Secret Army is unbelievable on the road. If you get to see them live, it's fucking mesmerizing. You'll get your. You don't. You know. Even if you've never heard them before. Well, go listen to them if you haven't. But even if you haven't heard them before, the show is unbelievable. Um, I can't wait to check it out again. Um, I'll I'll be at the November uh, 24 show at the Novo in Los Angeles CMP Funk, and I'm excited. It's my tenth P Funk show. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm very excited to uh, to to go into double digits. Um, uh, but yeah, he's gonna be in Oakland, Austin, San Antonio, uh, and another in more California shows before the end of the year. Check it out. This stuff, it's it's unbelievable to see the both the best energy you're gonna have at a concert. I, I guarantee it. Um Danny, I love you so much. It's always great to talk to you. And I will um I will see you
5: in a week. Thank you, guys. And
4: uh just just stay cool, man. Keep doing your bullshit. You fucking rock, man. I'm so excited and uh I can't wait to sit there and, and read the book and just like fucking learn so much about b B-Funk.
5: Oh, Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Eddie. I love you guys. Much appreciated. I
4: love you, buddy. You'd be cool. All right, uh, stick around. We gotta. We're gonna. Amber and I are gonna close out the show.
3: And that was Danny Bedrosian. What a delight! What an Armenian piece of. uh, What do you call it? What's that candy?
4: Tootsie roll.
3: Not a Tootsie Roll, but it's like um, Turkish Delight.
4: Turkish Delight. No,
3: but they, he wouldn't like he that. He
4: would hate that. He would hate
3: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you know, last night I was at this barbecue and I just kept saying the worst thing possible. It's mm-hmm. so like really just, I think I was like, you know, someone was holding a baby and I was like, oh, I'll teach him how to, you know, wear the baby's first light socket. Yeah. Or something. Why? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know it. I don't What's know. wrong with
4: me? Yeah, I mean, nothing's wrong with you. You know, you just like saying horrible things to throw right. people off their, uh, I mean, that's what makes you such a great comedian and a, and a good podcast Thank host. you.
3: Like somebody so, said they knew a, a, somebody whose profession was putting down dogs. And I was like, what are they, just go in their house with a pillow and just like smother it to death? <laughs> and they were like, no, they don't. Okay. <laughs> Great.
4: You know, it's, you'll know, fuck them for not thinking dead dogs are funny.
3: You know like- <laughs> Fuck them. And I was like, what do you, like, hire out a SWAT team to, like, swat your house and just kill your dog? Like, Ruby Rich style or something? And they were just like, no. No,
4: we don't do that. <laughs> we look at them in their eyes and they we and then hold she- them till they die. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse. Yeah. Is it? You think? I guess if you shoot it in the back of the head. No, yeah. but the cleanups awful. Oh, because the splatter. What are we talking about? We had such a nice episode. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing?
3: <laughs> Dot blood splatter on the wall. I bet that's the thick.
4: Oh man! Well, it's unhealthy to drink, and when you're on the road, you're not going to want to drink this dog blood. You're going to want to eat a little healthier. Eat a little healthier. Um, how, what do you do to stay healthy? Like when you're just because it's just McDonald's after McDonald's yeah. and Roy Rogers and all these fast food restaurants you never. So
3: heard of. hard. Um, honestly, sometimes I'll eat at the hotel. I have a little yeah. salad there or a little something. Gas stations. I'll get like a beef jerky stick or some fruit, yeah. something like that. But honestly, I just go in there knowing I'm going to be unhealthy. And for me, it's the alcohol because yeah. you do an hour on stage, and then it's kind of like landing a plane. I can't just go back to my room. I'm on this adrenaline high, and I need to slowly bring the plane down. So that means I'm going to be drinking a lot. Yeah, that's my problem.
4: That's no, yeah. I you end up drinking a good amount. But my new thing, and not new thing, the last like five or six years is I don't touch anything till I'm off stage. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I don't do any booze or any, like, maybe like one beer if I'm like at a lunch and everyone's ordering beer, you know, and like I'll have like one then. But I used to go on stage hammered, and I don't know how the fuck I did how? it in retrospect. No. Now it's like, now I'm, I'm, Stone sober, studying to the moment I walk on stage, and then uh, and then I go.
3: That's great. God, that gives me a panic attack thinking about being drunk, and I've got like a responsible thing to do. Yeah, and no. just like I get. It.
4: And it's so much better when you're done with your work. You yeah, know, and you get to chill. And also, it's hard drinking on the road because you're so excited. You're in a new place. You're with all these exciting people, and so you end up drinking way too much. And then you got to wake up ass crack early and go right. to the fucking airport.
3: Right, or go do radio. Yes, some guys. Have you ever done radio?
4: Oh yeah. I hate it. It's yeah. always the
3: most violent misogynists. that are just like, So how old are you? And when are your eggs gonna dry up? And yeah. you're like, Well, um, good morning. <laughs> 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 Hi, it's great to be here. Um it's four a.m. Right yeah, now.
4: how are they so awful so early? You know, uh, but you know, some of them are fun. Like I, there was a some I can't I don't remember their names, but there was some guys in Denver that were really cool. But then other times you go places, and you're like, is this is what you do every day. You just say these horrible things. Yeah, and like right in the public radio. Right, uh, but, spewed
3: in my dead dad's ears. Yeah, like, that's why he's so mad all the time before he died. He's listening to people like you. Absolutely. But not us. We're positive. We yeah. only Talk about dead dogs a little bit.
4: That's right. I when I'm staying healthy on the what mine one meal. Actually at breakfast, I try to keep it very healthy, you know, yogurt and berries, but like, and then either lunch or dinner has to be a giant salad. And then you can go crazy, and you you can do shitty things on the one on the one bad one. So right. That, and so that's I feel like that's a good compromise. And you know what sucks though is sometimes like you'll go to McDonald's and you'll be like, all right, I'm going to be good, and I order the salad, and then they give you the fucking dressing, and there's bacon on it More and cheese, calories. and it's like it's like worse than the goddamn sandwich. What is your road? Oh, like mine is a pepperoni pizza
3: in bed with the TV on. I'm oh yeah, naked eating pizza watching Family Guy.
4: I like whatever's like a town is known for. I always okay. try to, like, if they're known for, you know, like Chicago got the Italian beefs, you know, I'm going to get that Italian
3: beef. Okay. I'm in
4: Chicago because I might only be in Chicago once a year. Or you never know. You know, and so I always like, I always get whatever that town's known for. Like if it's Maryland, I'm getting crabs, oh, you know, and stuff yeah. like that, you know. So uh, if I'm anywhere close to the ocean, I'm usually going seafood and seafood. Is actually a pretty good bet to stay healthy.
3: I did a dozen oysters one time before I did my show, and I was like, "This is a gamble." Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, it was fine.
4: You made it, yeah. yeah I made it. But it, it was a gamble.
3: Yeah, it was. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that if I were you.
4: <laughs> yeah, and it's a, not only like uh, being healthy on the road. It's just like you gotta sleep, even if yeah. it's like you got twenty minutes and you shut your eyes. You know, like sometimes we'll like Jeff and I when we're on the road. We'll like if we pull in place and we don't have much time to do anything. We'll go in the green room and literally shut the lights off and fall asleep on the couch next to each other.
3: That sounds great. You
4: know, and like, it's like that kind of stuff. You just need those 30 minutes before you go on stage and then you just, you know, suck down a coffee and fucking pop up. You Reset.
3: Know? One time I didn't sleep for 36 hours. That's awful. And I felt chaotic for like two weeks later. I know you you can't technically catch up on sleep, mm-hmm. but I was... um not a healthy girl for at least two weeks. My body was resetting.
4: Yeah. Oh, God. And um, here's, here's a tip uh, also uh, that I, I've noticed. Because sometimes you'll show up to a city at like 6 in the morning and you can't check into your hotel until 3 or whatever. You can usually talk them into letting you get in as early as possible. Just always like, you know, I'm an entertainer line. You, works a lot. You know, like I'm an entertainer. I got to get on stage tonight please, I need, I need rest. You know, that honestly helps a lot. But, um, I think, uh, one of the things that you, that helped me on the road a lot is even if like, you can't go to your hotel or you're like, you, you can't, you're waiting for someone so you can go to their house and they're not in town yet or something, any hotel, will pretty much hold your bags for you. Yeah. You know, you can just show up to a hotel and be like, oh, you know, you hold these for me for a little bit, and you tip the guy like five bucks, and they'll hold it. And then if you got to go run around the city, have lunch for a while, uh, you can put your bags in a safe place so you don't have to fucking lug them around like you're Kane and Kung Fu, <laughs> you know.
3: That's a good tip. Yeah. I got a tip. If you're going through a bad neighborhood, because I remember I in New York City, I took a mega bus. You know, you can go to D.C., Philly, Boston and like, you know, do a night gig and they come right back. But sometimes those buses and the people aren't the best. So find your ugliest pair of shoes, get your grossest, nastiest, smelliest pair of shoes, put cash on the bottom of your soles. Like this is if you're because I'd be paid out in cash and I like need this money. Put it in your shoes and your gross feet and then put like five bucks in your pocket So if somebody robs you, you can be like, here's my $5. No. And I'd be standing on like $200.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. No. Put your eggs in your shoes.
3: Put your eggs in your shoes.
4: (laughs) Oh man! Well, this has been a lot of fun. I can't wait to be hitting the road again. Uh, I'm excited for some shows coming up soon. Thank you for listening to the Brighter Side. Check us out on Instagram: uh, Danny Bedrosian, Amber Smelson, Eddie Tunes, and The Brighter Side LPN on Twitter or X. It's at BedrosianPFunk at Amber Smelson and at Side LPN. Um, Danny's got a Patreon, but we got one too. What, what's going on with yours these days?
3: Amber Smelson. It's a way to support me as an artist.
4: That's right. And you can find me at uh, patreon.com slash Tunes. I'm putting up playlists on there. I just threw the new smash hit liver and onions on there. Go enjoy yeah. that. Um, and uh, I, put, I do new uh, playlists on Spotify and Napster exclusive to my patrons on there. Uh, so please go enjoy that. Also, Twitch, the next Brighter Side Live on Twitch is going to be on December 6th. So uh, keep your eye out for that. That's going to be 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be – I can't wait to do that show again. We've been having a lot of fun with that lately. Amber Smelson on Twitch also. Every Sunday you're hanging out with people these days, right? Yeah.
3: On Sundays, I changed it from Fridays to Sundays because I want to start doing more mics and things, and that's a Friday night thing.
4: Nice, absolutely. Um, I was talking about the road uh, this weekend, tonight, and tomorrow. If you're in California, I'm going to be at the Brea Improv with Jeff Ross on uh, the 17th and 18th of November. Uh, so come check me out there. Those are going to be oh shows are always awesome. I love the Brea Improv. Uh, it's uh, the um they it's the only thing to do in Brea. Uh, unless you want to go to the cheesecake factory um you uh, could still rent or buy how America killed my mother and how America com uh, is a movie very personal to me and it is uh it's coming up to be my mom's b day and so uh, I always like to push it around then uh someplace underneath um one of the most important podcasts in the world is happening still what's going on these days with it
3: border crisis we're still talking about it
4: Beautiful. I mean it'll it's it's gonna be forever um <laughs> uh, it's uh, a
3: forever war.
4: Yes. Uh, God. Um, uh, the sticker giveaways going on strong. You can go ahead and send us a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Brighter Side, Care PN P.O. Box 470, North Hollywood, California, 91603. Thank you so much to April, Madeline, Ryan, and Maddie for all the work you do for our show. And... Taking us out today is an exclusive. I love when we get exclusives over here at the brighter side. Um, this is going to be off of Secret Army's new album, Lost Froth Two. If you want to get it, hit up Danny directly, and he'll mail it out to you. It's twenty bucks, either on uh, PayPal. Uh, or Venmo or Cash App, uh, you just find him. He'll figure out how to get it to you. You love it. Um, it's called Duality, and it's from the album Lost Froth Two by Secret Army. Fucking enjoy your lives, everyone. Be good to yourselves and hit the road. Goddamn it. Peace. <music>